Hot Tub Beers is meant for entertainment purposes with a side of beer education. Each episode may contain offensive and off-color humor. Our intended audience is people 21 years of older who love beer and laughter. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers. We're just trying to make it. <laughs> in the back, tub, back of the yard in the hot tub with Kelly and Ian of B-52 Brewing. Welcome back to the hot tub, the real hot tub. Yeah, guys. man, it's good to be here. Thanks for having us back out. Absolutely, man. And so this is this time it's it's for real. We're not in the bed of a pickup truck. Yeah. We're in the backyard instead of the brew house, which is offering some interesting dynamics. Kelly, you all right with your microphone there? Oh, yeah. No, I was just playing with this... Uh... This weight down here, and it's moving it, and I didn't want to knock it into the water. Oh, you're Jake good. Has been, uh, I gave you all reliable. She <laughs> should be able to take some some wetness, some heat. You know. Okay, cool. Tilting down. Eyes up, eyes up, mic up. Stop looking at me. So, welcome back. We got Ian, Kelly, we got Jake, and I'm still Tim. Now, yep. we do have a change in this episode, and I want to shout out Taylor Beasley. Oh, right? yep, Miss Beasley. We, we did, we, we challenged uh, Lone Star, a bunch of cowards, uh, <laughs> would not sponsor us, would not send us beer uh, as the palate cleanser. We, we offered it up, and you know who showed up with a case of Nowhere But Texas? Is it Taylor Beasley? It is Taylor Beasley. <laughs> showed up with a case of Nowhere But Texas. So today we're getting warmed up, and we're going to cleanse the palate with Nowhere But Texas from... Legal draft ruin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you kind of lost yourself on that one. You're like <laughs> from uh, well Taylor for sure. Yeah, but <laughs> sometimes my brain works in spurts. Right. Yeah. Like I'm going, yeah. I'm going, then I got to pause. It's the only thing that got... works in spurts. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it has shout been. out to all my kidney disease homies. I'm sorry about the <laughs> not being able to pee in one straight oh, straight pee. diagnoses. So. <laughs> That's right. We've, we've diagnosed you with several things. You're a super taster. Well, well, uh, you have dysgraphia. That's yeah. the one I couldn't remember the name of. No, yeah, the super right. taster actually did a taste a, a, a test on, uh-huh. and it was the strangest experience. It was literally just some stranger in a freaking like workshop uh, in Arizona, like just some strange guy that just starts talking to me. Do you know what a super taster is? I'm like, nah. And like, I I didn't have the uh, ability to just sneak out of conversations the way I do now. Now I just walk out. I don't even give a shit. But this guy seemed nice, so we literally pulled out little. It was like little pH strips. It was like, here, put this on your tongue. And like, he put like I put it on my tongue. And it was like awful tasting. He's like, what do you taste? I'm like, man, that tastes really bad. He goes, well, that's because you're a super taster. You can taste it. Nobody else can. And I'm like, well, that was a weird-ass interaction with a stranger in a workshop of Arizona where I don't live. (laughs) You just took a strip of paper. And put it on my tongue. Yeah, it could have been acid. I could have just been. (laughs) I was about to ask if you remembered the rest of the night. (laughs) Well, my family drinks a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a video of you doing this on a dark web somewhere, like some taste fetish website. That would be hilarious. Put this in your mouth, Jake. What oh, does it man. Taste like? it just, the whole thing just sounds creepy. <laughs> I'm sure people have masturbated to me before, but that one is kind of like, it's, it's a little flattering. It's a little flattering. Watch you eat a piece of paper. This is why we're never going to get picked up by a big company. It's got to be completely independent. Yeah, three and a half minutes in, we already talked about like masturbation and me sticking things in my my mouth. And that brings us to B-52. Yeah. So, guys, it's been a while since we hung out with you. Like two and a half months, three months, four months. 
Yeah. What year is it? It was. It was. What even is time, man? Time slip. Well, we can get in that one. We'll do a whole episode <laughs> on that one. Because oh, yeah, yeah, oh, because the, it is not linear. Oh, just put it out there. It is not linear. Just our perception. So yeah, since yeah. the uh, last theoretical time that we sat in the hot tub with you, <laughs> what's been going on at B fifty two? Tell us. Tell us some of the cool things that have been going on there. So we just did a really big fall festival. It was a really cool event for us. Uh, probably record setting, I think, with nice. like attendance and number of people we had out there. So that was pretty huge. Kids record setting. Do you, do, you yeah. there it is. Mm-hmm. do you think that's direct correlation with the the new brewer that works there? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> and that Whoa. guy's name is. Ian? Uh, yeah, Ian. Yeah, Ian. Oh, Ian. Oh, and he's the hot with us. Yep. Yeah, it was Ian. It was not me, the event coordinator. <laughs> I'm not bitter. It's fine. <laughs> we we definitely know it was you, but we have to we have to raise him up a little bit today. I didn't say it was the only correlation. <laughs> I said it was direct. There is a correlation. Yeah. We're, we're going to claim that 10% of the correlation is that we recorded hot tub beers at B52. There you go. Yeah. Only yeah. 10%. Maybe yeah. less. Mm. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> So it was a good event. Yeah. Lots of people out. Yep. What what beers did you release here? Oh, we actually didn't release any that day, um, but we did have like 70 was... vendors in our yard, I think. What did we release? Was it Chevy Rhubarb? When, or Cowabunga, I think. Cowabunga was Maybe. yesterday. Did you bring Cowabunga today? We did. No. We also brought Strawberry Rhubarb. Nice. Yeah. So at least Man. our last two releases. Three. Yeah, it was the last three. Yeah, I think we brought the last three. And we do we do have some special treats for you. We've got some really old school B fifty two beers do we? in there. We do. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that were hidden in the back of the cooler in your secret stash that I stole. Which cooler? The the walk in or the, the reach in? Ooh. <laughs> there's no telling how old that is. I think I think Tim might know, but I I, I know about Depending on which ones they are, I could probably tell you about how old they are. The uh, the walk-in cooler, I stopped sticking stuff in there over a year ago. So everything is minimum a year, but there's some really cool stuff. If you're listening, if you've seen my walk-in, don't listen now because I don't want you to know. I got like <laughs> I got cases of Canteon back there. Ooh. I got um, I got all that. sorts of like <laughs> Brooklyn Black Ops from 2017, I think. I think I got a couple of those left. I got, I mean, it's like baskets and baskets of beer. So we need to go through that and do a uh, vintage show. So we're going to jump into, we're going to start pouring this while you're still telling stories right here. We're going to keep asking you questions. But we've got a Halloween themed beer here, right? So this is, we're into November. We're just maybe, what, a couple weeks off of Halloween. So we got Dracula's Chimney Cake. You know what? I've met him. He's a cool, yeah. No, no, no. Chimney Cakes. That's a cool guy, man. You know Chimney Cakes? Yeah, he's in Tomball, man. I didn't know that was a person. Yeah, it's a food truck. so oh, Dracula's okay. Chimney Cakes is the name of the food truck. Um, so we worked directly with Gabriel, the owner, to kind of come up with Hell the yeah. the flavor theme and idea for the whole beer. Okay. Uh, overall, so it uh, it's actually also the first ever you know true porter. I guess co- true. It is Ooh. adjuncted, but uh, okay. that B fifty two has ever done. Um, I say true porter because Jake over here doesn't think imperial <laughs> porters are a oh, thing. Oh, this guy. I don't. They're a lie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so this is B-52 second porter. Nice. <laughs> um, and we, we decided to try to emulate one of uh, the food truck's more popular chimney cakes that is uh, cinnamon, chocolate, and walnut. Thank you, sir. Oh, cool. Uh, so that's 
that's all we adjuncted this with, um, and we tried to focus on getting the bready components from the grain bill itself. Um, but other than that, man, just tried to tried to try to do Jake proud, and just, <laughs> just have like a nice nice five percent or so. So Easy this is drinking. not an Imperial Porter. It, this one is not. One no. of the standard styles of the of the Houston area. Imperial Porter. Imperial, Imperial Porter. Is, Porter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it just mostly because Jake doesn't think well, you, it exists. That's the reason I'm going to. Uh, I just I think I think more breweries should follow Ian's example and care about me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying so? Uh, we we just we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, Eleven Below yes. throwing actual cake. Into the cask, seven pounds into a five five gallon cask. So, in order to create the cake flavor to to emulate what the food truck was was having, you didn't throw the actual cakes in there. No, we we, just did the we considered it. Um, it I, I but I I think I asked for fifty pounds of cooked chimney cakes. Ooh, that's and a we lot. We kind of decided that that wasn't a very practical way to to achieve what we really wanted to do. Yeah. Um, well, it also kind of changes the way it comes out as well mm-hmm. when you when you add that much like carbohydrate to it, and you it's like all that extra sugar in it. Yeah, and it's like you just get kind of too yeasty on the back end. That almost going to be too. my question. Yeah, because yeah, there's going to be some extra yeast in there too. Yeah. It? But to bring up the point though, with eleven below's seven pounds of chocolate cake inside of a cask, it wasn't a secondary fermentation. So they're just directly adding the cake to the finished product. Well, I guess not finished then, but they're adding right. it directly in. So you're not actually like. What are you, you're not fermenting the flavor into it. They're you're just, just. I mean, it's it, almost it, like it dry would, hopping with cake. It would it be a secondary fermentation if they allowed those sugars the time to ferment. Correct. But then they're just going off and packaging it. Oh, it was just one cask, and that was it. Yeah. They put it in cool. a couple days before and it sent it. Really yeah. So as, as long as reminds me of the PSL. I mean, as long as you serve it before <laughs> those sugars have a time to start fermenting, uh, then you're avoiding yeah. secondary fermentation. But you run the risk of that ha- happening further down the line than you want it to. I'm going to be honest, it was delicious. It's definitely something I couldn't continue to drink, but man, it was a lot. But speaking of delicious, yeah, speaking, speaking yeah, of delicious, yeah, smell that, dude. this is called Dracula's, like the whole name is Dracula's <laughs> Chimney Cake. Spice Porter. Spice Porter. Yeah, don't forget that. Yeah, okay. Malt beverage and natural flavors. Okay, why malt beverage? Why not just call it a porter? Um, I'm pretty sure that's a TTB thing. It's, uh, a, it's, okay. a, it's a legality labeling okay. thing. That's uh, I, We have to end up putting... Like even when uh, even natural flavors, I don't, I don't, I mean, it's better than not natural flavors, but I would rather not have to be. There's just certain terminology that's required on labels that I don't really prefer to use yes. sometimes, especially because it kind of it can give a uh, uh, kind of misguided, preconceived notion of of the product before the consumer has even tried it. Sometimes. Yep. I like that. That's, that's a great answer, right? Because you look at the can. I mean, half the time you got some weird stuff packaged in a the can. They're trying to convince you it tastes good before you even put it in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Which you um, should. You should. I mean, that's should? yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is one of those I principles: mean, is like why plating is so important when you do food because when it shows up in front of you, you you've already made the majority of your decision by how it looks. What, what if you I could go on a tangent about marketing, man? Yeah, <laughs> you see. What if you put it? What if you put an incredible beer in a shitty can? Said this beer is shitty. You can have a great product, and if people don't care about it, and that comes directly from your packaging, you a know what? lot of the time. 
Yeah. Like the perception of value comes from the aesthetic of your product. Mm. And so if it doesn't look like it's going to taste good, people in their head already have that it doesn't taste good. So even if it is a great quality product, you put it in a bad package done it's it doesn't stand a chance and now are we specifically talking about urban south combo plate number one (laughs) (laughs) that episode did not get released but i don't know if you saw it in the vault Uh, i I mean i've seen those i've seen those labels before and i think they're pretty i wouldn't do it (laughs) it's it's like like it it is a traditional like late 90s early 2000 picture of like mexican food like the quality is not plate and everything Uh the angle the everything is just everything's just slopped on one plate together probably tastes great the food i don't yeah the food but also going into that being raised in texas like you know that's just iconic tex-mex like you know it's like some fluffy ass rice you know you got your refried beans that honestly probably fluffy (laughs) not on that can I think the first time I actually saw one of those labels was on a shelf at just some grocery store bottle shop or something and I had to double take because I was like what the fuck is that yeah like what even is that it was interesting is what it was (laughs) it was a refried bean IPA uh, was yeah. it really? Sorry. No. <laughs> I like, Although. I was trying to sit here and be like, yeah, I know what beer they're talking about. Uh, now that we said it, at all. Martin it. House, it's please like, oh do not God. steal our idea. Oh, oh, <laughs> no, no, Mar- credit. Martin House, please do it so nobody else has to do it oh, and everybody can get, a, get it over with. <laughs> so this this beer, on, on the nose, man, this is, it's, it's a fall beer. It, it smells really, really nice. Now, Kelly made mention. Smells like maybe a pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, not quite. <laughs> I'm saying, I don't. I don't pick that one up. I no. think she was. I was kidding. <laughs> I think she was kidding. He's they, like they fighting been, hard against. They've pumpkin, been teasing me, trying to get me to make no. a pumpkin beer for two years now. And you haven't done much. it. No. You don't really need to though. No. That's like one of those no. things. Is like you don't need to. Some There's people, so many out some there. Some people have made them, and and I, like, they're not. They're not bad. I like them, but they're not something I'm like. Oh, I need a pumpkin beer. It's fall. It's have, mostly selfish purposes. Lane yeah. and I want them. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but have y'all had Cygord yet? Have we done an episode with Cygord? We have not done an episode with Cygord. I have had Cygord. My Southern Star. You haven't had it. Yet? Mm-hmm. That is one of those ones. I was so pleasantly surprised. I'm not a pumpkin spice beer kind of person, right? It's just it's not really been my thing. I grew up with Pumpkinator. Pumpkinator being over the top. Uh, don't get me wrong, it's still delicious. You aged it a few years, but yeah. when Cygord came out by Southern Star, I was expecting that same black stout with like all of the pumpkin spice, just tons of cinnamon and nutmeg and everything to go with it. But when you get it, it's actually like a very nice, well balanced beer. It's an actual gourd beer, so they're actually using pumpkin. Uh, the spices are really well balanced. It's not over the top, but it's so crushable. It's so easy. It's like just having like a nice afternoon beer with yeah. just a little bit of fall to it, like a touch, a little kiss of fall. What kind of what base style did they do for that one? I drink so much beer, I forgot. I, I think it's gonna it be more just like, it was like a brown it, it was ale or something. Basic ale, yeah. There was not. It wasn't. It didn't have too dark. Of a no, color. no, no, no. Yeah, Vienna Lager is about as dark as it is, yeah. but they call it a. I think they they call it an actual gourd beer, which fits in a whole different classification mm-hmm. of. I think it fits technically in the fruited category. I think I forgot the BJCP on that one, but it's an it's a gourd beer. But the light, it's. I mean, you're talking Vienna Lager like color. I mean, it's super light, uh, just crushable. It's almost it's almost um, fest beer color, okay. like a little bit lighter than the the Vienna Lager. Gotcha. So for for this one, Dracula's chimney cake spice porter. Did did the food truck that you base it off of? Did they taste this? 
Yeah. What'd they think? Uh, he he was super into it. Was he super he, into yeah, it? So, because because I'm gonna go, I'm gonna claim ignorance here. Like I've never had the food truck or the cake, and so I'm just curious. Did like did it hit the mark? Yeah. So we we released it for for Thanksgiving or sorry Halloween, uh-huh. and he came out, brought the truck out for Halloween also. Oh hell yeah, dude! Um, he dressed up as Dracula. Dressed up really? as Dracula. Did yeah, he really? He went all out for it. It was awesome. That's he awesome. He was really dude. into it. We brought him out for Brew Day also. Yeah. Uh, so he got to see that side of everything, which is a new experience for him. So that's was, cool, man. It He's, was a cool collab to do for sure. He's such a nice guy. He's such a nice guy. This, this, this beer, like the, it definitely has a porter mouthfeel. Like you, you pour it and it's it. It's not quite stout. I mean, it, it is light colored. And I say light colored. It's a dark beer. It doesn't. It's not colored like a stout. It's a light brown, but it is nice, clean. It's light in the mouth, man. It's it's very good beer. I'm I'm enjoying this, man. What does a porter feel like in your mouth? Mm, this, you know, just just a little light, not too heavy. <laughs> kind of a medium mouth feel. Uh, honestly, this is freaking delicious. It's one of those. It's one of those ones that has such a dark color to it. You don't think it's gonna like go down like super fast. Like no matter how good it is, if it's super thick and dark, it still doesn't go down that fast. This is like super delicious. It's got such a nice light body on it that it's hard for me to not finish this before ratings. Yeah, good call. I know that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, you've already <laughs> almost finished. Yeah. So okay, let's go ahead and go into ratings because I, I know we've got a couple more beers to try and. Uh, some special old school B fifty twos to throw in the noise, which I think is going to be fun. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump to the ratings first. As a hot tub beer, right here, I'm going three point six seven eight four two. I I really like this beer. It is this is a good one to where if I'm getting into hot tub, I'm going to start the session with this one. Right, it's light. It eases me into the water. All that breeze coming across right now with yeah. this in my mouth. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hot tub, friends, uh-huh. breeze, warm water. It is, man. I, there's something about doing this podcast outside and in the hot tub that just that, that nobody else is as cool as us. I'm just saying correct. And this time we got space, man. I, I know. Yeah, we're not cramped out. together in the hot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we were talking. I don't know. I don't want. I'm trying not to get too carried away. But on November 28th, we're doing. Oh, a, it's uh, my favorite. We're, we're going to record. A blind date live. We so are. We you know what? Mariah, a blind date. Let's cover this more Stop. in the. Yes. Oh, Mariah, a blind oh, that date. makes me so happy. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and so we're gonna do like the blind date. Like both of them are getting into the hot tub, and we're gonna sample beers and do an episode. But yep. it's gonna be their live date. And so, or for a blind date, rather. And, and so I am I like the puppet that. master. I like this we idea invented, a lot. <laughs> and we invited everybody on Instagram Live this morning. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. I want a studio audience just lining the pool did and Mar- watching the episode. I think it'd be great. Did Mariah agree to that one? I don't know. My dream is to be Zoe Deschanel in this one. Like, you remember the dating game that came out with? Y'all don't, oh. yeah. So, anyways. Uh, the Bachelor has played a lot in my house. I don't like it. I don't care. <laughs> but one season, and it was a roller coaster. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's just it's not my thing. But directly after this year, I think it was actually Bachelorette. But either way, directly after it was the dating game with Zoe Deschanel, the celebrity dating game with Zoe Deschanel as the host and Michael Bolton on stage, like playing and singing songs. Michael Bolton. Yeah, I'm dead serious. It is actually a really good show. It's pretty, pretty short. Check it out. I am going to channel my Zoe Deschanel on November 28th. All right, so Jake Jake Deschanel. Jake Deschanel. I'd be so honored to take her last name. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Allie, you know that. 
Um, you know what? I'm going to go 3.864561. It is super... Really felt that last one. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was... Pull it up a little bit. Uh, it, it's fantastic. It's it's crushable. It's easy. Uh, when you see anything with pastry on the front, like the Jackless chimney cakes, you automatically assume lots of sugar, lots of like breadiness to it, lots of spice over the top. Ian is just a master class in balance on this one. Um, it's very, very well done. And I'm probably going to try to persuade y'all to give me some. Appreciate that, man. Yes, <laughs> I got a four pack. So Kelly, <laughs> sales marketing manager, correct? So you have to sell this beer. How easy is it? On a, is it to sell on a 4.0 hot tub industry standard scale? Oh man, um, well, to be totally honest, uh, this is the first time I've tried it. Ah, we and are y'all dating? Yeah, in my defense, <laughs> when this beer released, we were in Hawaii. And so when we got back, I was like, uh, I was just stuck on the strawberry rhubarb, man. I don't know. So what do you think? I I actually really, really like this one. Yeah. Um, I like leaned over. <laughs> you guys were talking, and I was like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, because uh, like I don't, I mean, I, I don't want to say that I don't drink stout beers, because like I think I had one stout that I didn't like when I was 21, and then I just stayed away from all of them until re- like probably probably recently I think like breakfast out was the first one that I was like oh I could actually drink this but I like this one more <laughs> mm-hmm. so on a 4.0 scale what do you think on sellability if that's like four it'd be super four? easy oh, like, yeah but no but no it's awesome this beer is great like it's judge Ian judge oh, his wow. beer judge the whole thing yeah. get in here what's the nitty-gritty <laughs> we may be creating relationships we're also going to be testing them <laughs> I mean that's hard. Ask me, ask me again to judge a style I know better. Okay, okay. true. Yeah, because fair. that's you, you know I don't know. Is that much fair? About is she giving herself an out? That's an out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! No, but I do. And it is balanced. It is like it's not super roasty, which is I think the part that I don't like about stouts and porters and things and like the darker beers is that roastiness which is weird because I love coffee so I don't, I don't get it but this one is just sweet enough it kind of just tastes like a cold brew latte from Starbucks yeah that it is it's, it's kind of, it's so Ian how close to the mark was this for you on a, on a scale of zero to four close to the mark zero to yeah, four yeah like, like four. if, if, if four yeah. was perfection what you wanted this, exactly this is I, I wouldn't change anything I'd call Beautiful. this a four yeah. amazing yeah. yeah so this which is I think even more amazing because huge shout out to my assistant brewer Steve because uh, like Kelly said we we adjuncted this beer like the day before leaving for a week long for like a 11 day long vacation okay and so Steve was responsible for finalizing the flavor profile, like if anything needed to be tweaked or adjusted, and then just getting everything carbonated, packaged, canned up, kegged up, all that kind of stuff. And oh, he nice. did a really good job. Oh, um, yeah. Shout out Steve. Yeah. yeah. So I, so I kind of came home from vacation to a little bit of a surprise with this beer also. And I think... Yeah, we hit the mark for well, sure. Nice, man. So, hats off to you. Do you think that because Steve finalized and finished it off, that it's easier for you to give it a four? No, 
not necessarily just all the way all the way well, through. It, it the was, teamwork was all the way there. Yeah, it was because uh, we we pretty much got to the point where like where we both are on the brew deck for brew days and that kind of stuff. So we're both pretty well involved, yes. you know, grain to glass. Yeah, uh, this was just the first time that he'd been left to go through those stages of a beer by himself. Or at least without me being there. Good job, uh, Steve. Because it is just—it's just me and him mm-hmm. on the production crew back there. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So I'll mop your floors. I'll well, man, take hats it. off to both both <laughs> you and Steve for for putting out a badass beer, man, and and for knocking off his second episode of B fifty two with uh, with a badass beer to start, man. I love it. Absolutely great. So we're gonna take a little bit of a break. We're gonna come back, which I think. You mentioned your Hawaiian vacation. Mm -hmm. Let's sip on some West Coast IPA and talk (laughs) about Hawaii. Let's do that. Hot tub tub beers where we're almost super, super famous. Is that right? We just need to get to about 75,000 listens per episode. Okay, so speaking of listens per episode, Jake, we gave you control over the Instagram, and there's lots of sexually (laughs) suggestive women that have started to follow us. Now, they all have beer in their hands. I want to say this. I'm pretty sure it's because you put pictures of me on the Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) It attracted the women? Yeah. No, I'm I'm actually pretty sure it was when Jacob got posted. Oh, when Jacob got posted? Well, in Jacob and his pretty boy muscles. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how was the palate cleanse? It's delicious. It's cleansing. It's cleansing. Do you need another one? Yes, ma'am. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm into, I didn't. Can you grab me one, too? Yeah. I apologize. I should have grabbed one for everybody. Look, I don't, we had I'm a, a horrible host. We had a Shitty whole like, couple minutes to, to do arms. anything, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk a little bit. You two recently took a vacation. Yeah. 11 yeah. days. 11 days? Uh, I guess, yeah, 10. Wow. Ten total. We're off of work for eleven days. Ten, yeah. phenomenal. Is Hawaii the 49th or 50th state? The forty-eighth. Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, great question. One of. I'm pretty. One of one of the last few states. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's safe. I want to say 48. I have no idea. Where Where's Nancy? Nancy. Nancy. I don't know. Nancy can answer this. She she's on another date right now. Nancy, Nancy is Mariah. Well, it's, it's, it's old a, pool pants Pena. It's what? our dream of having uh, an State intern. Is white 48th or 50th? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we're, we're getting, no, hold on. No, no. We're getting updates from Siri. No, it's wrong, it's wrong. It's wrong? Yeah, she didn't understand what I said at all. <laughs> well, I don't know <laughs> I mean, she's I alone. don't blame her, I don't blame her. So, I want you to tell us a little bit, like, just give us some of the highlights, you know, how fun it was, what, what was cool. Um, while I'm going to pour a West Coast style w, w, uh, double IPA. <laughs> double IPA. Double IPA. Double IPA. Uh, from B52, Cowabunga, 8.5%. Uh, and we'll talk more about the beer after we hear about Hawaii. So, guys, good time? Oh, man. It Great was, time. It was amazing. It was, uh, we went for my mom's 50th birthday. Oh, nice. So she Way turned, go, I know, she got like 12 of her friends and like a million of us kids out there. We all had to pay our own way, though, which was kind of a bummer. But <laughs> whatever. Yep. Hawaii <laughs> is not a cheap vacation, unfortunately. <laughs> and it is a number 50. Okay, I thought so. Is that no, actually, I... 49? Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, uh, let me check. 
<laughs> Hot tub geography. Alaska's 49, Arizona's 48, New Mexico's 47, and Oklahoma's 46. So did you take that did fucking you Oklahoma? Why are there? A couple, did, yeah. yeah. In our hotel room that we bought from the, there, the sundry shop there's, down. <laughs> there's not, there's still not like a ton of local options. You got like the big guys everybody knows about, like Kona and Maui. Um, I thought they shut down. Oh, never mind. Maui. No, no, my my I'm ADD as fuck. Keep going. Oh, uh, because I think I know what you're talking about. Kona Brewing got oh, shut Kona. down. No, I thought you were talking about Maui. No, 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 I'm just ADD. Don't don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> if Kona got shut down, I didn't know about that. They still had it available while we were there. Yeah. Yeah. No, the the beer is still being brewed, but Kona Brewery got shut down. Oh. At least that's I what I read. I read that. I don't know. I'll have to take your word for it on this one. Yeah. I'm not very good at reading either. Well, reading's for chumps anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot Tub Book Club. That was a shout out to you. <laughs> Recording next Sunday. <laughs> so, did you find any secluded beaches? Anything cool? Anything that the we... the locals try and hide that you that you snuck into? Yeah. So, I have a friend on Maui working at Maui Wine that tipped us off to a really cool beach in Hana. And that's all I'm going to really tell you about it. (laughs) (laughs) So she she drew us a map of how to get there Uh and where to park and everything. And it was, uh, the the locals actually call it Secret Red Sand Beach. That's super cool. It was really cool. Walk on a cliff that just drops down to your death if um, you're not careful. Noise. So, yeah, it's, accessibility was pretty tough, which I think is part of why it stays so, like... I mean, by the time we got out there, it was only five or six other people out there. Okay. They didn't stay very long until it was just us two and on the beach. And a skinny dipper. And was, yeah, skinny dipper showed up. Just one, right. one just single. One. It was yeah, just, just one, one lady with well, her dog. dog. Yeah. Like an exhibitionist or just, like, freedom of life? I mean, she, she showed up to the beach in clothes. Yeah, and then so got in the water without clothes. So yeah, just, props to her. Yeah, yeah we were sitting there sure. and we Didn't were drinking some. Didn't give a shit some... about us being there. No, yeah. not at all. Nice. And you know, do, that's kind of funny. Yeah, there's yeah. some of those. There's some of those little, little places where you know, you could just be you. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's some place that's as secluded as that. Why not? Oh yeah. Yeah, just enjoy it. Enjoy life. Enjoy what it has to offer to you right there. It was insanely beautiful. Like. I've never seen anything like the mountains in Hawaii. Like the Kualoa Mountain Range in Oahu was, it's like where they film all of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World movies and everything like that. And yeah. it's just green. The whole, I really? don't know. It was insane. Just. It's such a crazy juxtaposition it, of like terrains too. Cause you're driving down a highway and you literally have like, 3,000 foot peaks on one side and then just the bluest clearest ocean on the other side oh, wow. yeah why the hell am I sitting in Tim's hot tub if that's what's going on in the rest of the world right yeah. the rest of the world is amazing we're not uh, <laughs> yeah. we're not making real podcast money right now yeah. <laughs> you get those yeah. you get those 75,000 per episode listeners and you can go to Hawaii yeah. I hope so get all of 75,000 of them to rent your Airbnb that you buy Yep, and then you can do and then the passive income. Boom. hot tub. They just wrote my business plan. Then you just do a beach podcast. You gotta, change, you gotta change it up a little bit. You yeah, yeah. Do beach podcast. That would I'm be in. Yeah, yeah, so that's one of the ideas we floated around. Like, so we talked to you about you know when we're done with this episode, hanging out and recording the Waco road trip episode, and talking about the beers that we picked up at Waco. Uh, but we talked about maybe going to Lagrange 
touring the Krejci Brewery, which was supposed to be the first brewery in the state of Texas, and then going and having lunch and drinking beers at LaGrange Brewing Company there in LaGrange. And then there was, uh, what was the name of that? I can't remember the name of it. My brother-in-law tipped, tipped me off to it. But in Marathon, Texas, there's a barbecue and brewery joint in the middle it's of... It's not like Snowflake or something, is it? No, 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 no. That's Frost Town. That's with uh, Andreas. No, no, no. I thought there was like a snowflake barbecue or something along the lines that was like one of the top in Texas. Oh, I don't know. This is like Brick salt House Lake? or something like that. Not Salt Lake. I know Salt Lake. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up, but there's there's quite a few famous like small town barbecues oh. out here. But this one, like, is it, this one it just snows? It might be just snows. It oh, might I be. I know who you're, I think I yeah, know they got a that's, pretty big operation. That was on Netflix with uh, what's your face? What oh, was it? Okay. Oh, so. and the right. like one of those new barbecue competition shows uh-huh. or something. Yeah. And they gave the history of it. She started in Lagrange. And then went out there. I can't remember the name of the town that it's in now. You know what? I might be able to convince my other two jobs that this job we have to take a full barbecue and beer trip. It's going to take a while over the summer. If this will finance it, they will just stay on the road all summer. This will won't finance it. Son of a bitch. So, as the person who has to pitch that idea and uh, accept that idea. In Hawaii, a lot of West Coast IPAs being drunk in Hawaii. Is this? And so uh, we're we're in Texas drinking West Coast IPAs, thinking everybody on the West Coast is how they drink their IPAs. We're going to consider Hawaii the West Coast. I mean, it's close enough. It's got a coast. It's in the Pacific West of the United Ocean. States. It's yeah. Is I, this popular there? Is this a style that y'all saw there? Yeah. Um, more of I think it would probably most predominantly kind of like the San Diego style pale ale sort of West Coast okay. feel going on. Um, the only, like, real hazy stuff that I saw was all mainland breweries distributed over there. Okay. Yeah, like, uh, like some stone and, you know, that kind of thing. Sierra Nevada, like, hazy thing was over there, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of lagers from the local breweries and a lot of more of the San Diego style. So real light, just like the 5% pale ale. I think they like, just gotten their first, like, predominantly sour brewery. And I think there was only one in, like, all of the islands. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So Hawaii, from what I understand, it stays about 82 degrees all year round, correct? Yeah. It was about, <laughs> yeah, it was like 70 to 80 the entire time. We See, that's heaven on earth to me. I, I love it warm, so it's a little cold for me, but like, I'm all about it. But when you said there's a lot of loggers over there, that kind of threw me for a trip. So it's like, anytime they're loggering, they're, essentially, there's no easy energy bill on that one whatsoever from them. It's probably not as, not any harder on them than it is on us. Well, we don't have a lot of uh, uh, breweries that are doing lagers. I mean, everybody's doing lagers, but I mean solely doing lagers. I think Elman Magnolia, uh, I said Elman Magnolia, that's a bar. Um, old, <laughs> old, old Magnolia, uh, New Magnolia. New Magnolia. I'm sorry, it has been a very, very long way. New Magnolia does a lot of lagers, and that was one of those things is you don't really see that around here because it's like you have to pump out so much heat out of that, that brewery, and then, like, I mean, imagine, like, all that heat that's already 100 degrees out and you're just having to fight that and like don't get me wrong we have the equipment we have the ability and all that stuff it just seems like such a pain to focus on that but also New Magnolia makes a badass loggers yeah, so do. absolutely yeah they do yeah I mean it is a big strain and your chiller unit is definitely one of the biggest backbones for a brewery so if that ever goes out you're pretty much dead in the water for yeah. however mm-hmm. many weeks it takes to get that fixed so. yep. were we leaving Waikiki Brewing when we saw their chiller outside and it like, mm-hmm. felt really weird that that was no, out there no it was 
Yeah, it was Waikiki Brewing, but it was uh, just an auxiliary location they had on Maui. Oh, uh, yeah, their, their chiller was just outside, backside of their building, totally exposed, not like fenced in or anything. Anybody could go up there and mess with it. But I wonder, I wonder weather-wise if, like, because it's so much more constant, if there's less wear on it. You know what I mean? Instead Probably. of having so many fluctuations. And maybe they're really trusting of the people around them to leave it out. Yeah, out here, I would just like, be—I would culture. be more worried about just the tourists, yeah, in flux than like locals. I don't think locals will really mess with it there, but you know, dumb, dumb mainlanders mm-hmm. just come and touch buttons they're not supposed to touch. Yeah. So, so tell us about your interpretation of the West Coast style. So this is a double IPA. Yeah, I like the old school style—the piney, resinous, super bitter. Uh, bolder, bolder mouthfeel, bolder flavors. I'm definitely getting that off this yeah. beer, which I like. And so, yeah, so that's that's your you like those stronger flavors. Yeah, so pretty much all the West Coast I've done so far have been more in that realm. Uh, we have thrown around the idea of doing a San Diego style pale ale um, once or twice. That I think we have kind of come to the determination that that's going to be more of a seasonal thing. And we're just not in the right season to do it right now. So keep an eye out. Maybe early spring, early or late, early late spring, and we might see some some of the more new school West Coast uh, hoppy okay. beers from B fifty two. Nice. Now this one, I will say for for a double, the 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 hop profile is, is still very strong, very pronounced mm. in this one. Yeah. So the the malt definitely doesn't overpower. Uh, it's really good. We're well, sitting at what eight and about about eight and a half percent on this one. And so, a lot of pine on the nose. Mm-hmm. But you got Simcoe and Strata in there. So, yep. Simcoe and Strata, what are you wanting to get out of that? What, what flavor profiles are you wanting to hit? So, Simcoe is going to give a lot of that piney resiny that, you know, is just... Simcoe is just a classic old school uh, West Coast hop. Um, Strata is a lot more new to the game of, of the hop world and brewing in general. Um, so, this it was kind of just experimental, throwing Strata in there. Um, we just recently did a hazy hope you like strata it was just single hopped strata hazy ipa um so i wanted to see how it played in a west coast and i actually think that i prefer it as a hazy hop okay after after having the final product of this beer so what do you what do you think so do you think it took away from the the west coast style or do you just think it didn't add what you exactly what you wanted i almost think it kind of added kind of two parts I think it added not exactly what I wanted but also too much of it okay Uh, so kind of too much of that like creamy juicy tropical-y where I wanted to kind of stay with more of the like piney citrus um because strata is just like a lot of guava passion fruit pineapple um which are cool but I think it's just more appropriate uh, stylistically for, hazy. for hazies and not so much and that for makes West sense Coast. that makes sense I will say on this one that it, you know with those flavors that you're talking about you do get hints of them in this beer but it doesn't overpower the Simcoe I think the, mm. the balance there it really does have a West Coast feel it doesn't that West Coast feel isn't pushed off by your strata hop no I don't think so either um, I just think uh, the for the flavor target flavor profile that i had in my brain going into like recipe development and everything yeah. um 
maybe even just like a ratio change of the amount of Simcoe to the amount okay. of Strata could have been a good move. Go All a little right. bit more Simcoe heavy. So on zero to four, how close is it to what you wanted? Because we're obviously not, it's not going to um, be a four on this one. No, it's not going to be a four on this one. Um, probably still like a three six, three five range. Yeah. Um, just because of the strata and not because i don't like the way the beer turned out but stylistically could make some improvements for sure yeah absolutely what do you think jake i think it's good um i i i kind of would prefer a little bit more bite a little bit more punch out of it um maybe that's because i've had enough to drink over the last week that i think the bite is starting to wear off (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd definitely like to see a little bit more front of the tongue bitterness on this one. But overall, it's it's well rounded. It's beautiful. It does get a little bit of tropical in there. What are you gonna rate it at? I'm gonna go three point one five because I know Ian does some damn good stuff, and this was not my favorite out of Ian's work. Oh, you heard it from Jake first. I gotta make another beer for him. <laughs> oh, I mean, I didn't go that far. <laughs> Just give, give give me a little little punch. Give me a, give me a little teeth knocker on this one. You know, all right, all yeah. When you say cowbunga, like I really just envision such a aggressive, you know, like an aggressive beer, something that's just like really out there. You know, when you talk beach life, we all think relaxation, but like surfing is not exactly relaxation. It's like you're gonna get rolled. You know, you're just gonna get slammed. You're gonna pop your head out. You'll be like. Yo, I just ate it. That was awesome, you know? <laughs> and, like, I feel like the beer deserves to kind of match up and punch you in the face a little bit like that rock on the bottom of the ocean. I might surf differently. Sorry. No wonder surfing's not very relaxing for you. <laughs> Got pitted. It's all about your perception because when I think cowabunga, I think more like. Ninja Turtles, where they're like, yeah. And, it's just, and that is really kind of what I, I get from this. Like, I, I With the, the Hope You Like series, and I found out, like, I really enjoy the Strata Hops. And so seeing how well it plays with a different hop, because that was my first exposure to Strata. And then now being able to build on that and be like, okay, this is what it tastes like with this other hop. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And because the Strata is so tropical, it do, it kind of gives me the opposite direction of like I feel like it should be kind of what it is. I I really like this one. But so what I, are you gonna rate it? Um, I I would probably say like three point four. I still I personally yeah. I like tubular a little bit better. Yeah. Um, out of this same West Coast series, but I do really like the way that the Strata and the Simcoe like go well together. And so. see, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fall more in line with you. I'm gonna go with like three point five four two seven. And so the the reason is, is 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 I agree with Jake right on on a West Coast straight West Coast hop. I, I I do want a little bit more bite. I do want it to punch me in the face a little bit. So I am looking for a little bit more aggressiveness on the hops. But the reason that I'm okay with this hop profile and I like it is because it is a double IPA style. So this correct me if I'm wrong. I'm gonna have more fermentable sugars in here. I'm gonna have a higher grain bill on this, so that's going to soften whatever hops I'm gonna put in it uh, as it is, right? So this is kind of almost like a variation of a West Coast style in in my head. You're the head brewer. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just, you know, a half wit, you know, <laughs> guy who made up a podcast and sits in his, his hot tub and drinks beer. But because of that and the way that it's described as a double, I. 
I really dig it, right? So, like, I can appreciate that that higher malt bill, which is going to give me a higher ABV. It's going to give me more of a mouthfeel with more malt in there, but that it doesn't lose the hop. I think too many doubles and triple IPA completely lose the hop, and, and that pisses me off. When I get a double or a triple IPA, and it's nothing but malt, I'm like, fuck, this is an IPA. Like, I want to taste what hop you're putting into it because that's the flavor of the beer. Um, and so this one, I think, I love the way you straddle the fence on this one with just a normal West Coast IPA, but doubling the making it making it a double. I think it's a great beer, man. So thank they, you. Yeah, absolutely, love it, absolutely. Um, so we're gonna take a little bit of a break. We're gonna come back with we, we've done. What are we coming back we're with? We're coming back with like Kim Kardashian. Strawberry rhubarb. Go go ahead one more time. My favorite strawberry rhubarb. Oh, <laughs> is there any way we can go back and capture that? Uh, I think we can add it as a button. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back with your favorite strawberry rhubarb. <laughs> <laughs> Here at Hot Tub Beers, we have declared the pandemic over, and when the dust has settled, this old draft shop is still standing. This unique craft beer bar located at 5210 FM 2920 in Spring, Texas, is still pouring some of the best beer in the state. And in spite of everything that's been thrown at the beer and restaurant industry lately, owner Mary Thorne has continued to create a community of clientele that makes you feel at home every time you step in the doors. Beer buyer Jake Thorne is continually bringing in incredible offerings, sure to impress everyone from the new kid on the block to the most seasoned craft beer aficionado. Haven't been able to find a beer you like? Their selection of ciders, wines, and seltzers will not disappoint. Beer's not the only trick this pony plays. No one in the area can rival the food coming out of the kitchen. From Vietnamese wings to oyster pole bows to brats with house-made sauerkraut, there is something for everyone in the family. Check out the menu at thistledraftshop.com and follow on Instagram at thistledraftshop. Pop on in. I'm sure we'll see you there. Which, speaking of which, if you do want to go to, to Boulevard, we are talk we could go talk to the right guy and be like, hey, we love y'all, we love your beer. Can you give us like a cease and desist right now? That's okay, so yes, and I'm glad you mentioned this on the podcast. We we need a cease and desist. Yep. And and we need a collaboration. Yep. I, we're we're not gonna be legit until we have those two things, right? So we're really leaning on Boulevard for the cease and desist. Yep. Uh just because our logo looks almost exactly like theirs. Yep. Um but um, we are open to collab with anybody. Yeah. Okay. So, and this is one of my, <laughs> this is one of my. Come make your my, own uh, West Coast IPA, bro. All right, oh. yeah, let's do it. Okay, so there, here's one of the deals too. Like, so I think I may pull a ringer if you're putting me on the spot. Next, <laughs> week, <laughs> next week we may try and record because I wanted to do a, uh, what do we call it, a hot tub brew day. Yeah. Right. So, clean up all my homebrew equipment and brew like I have a Bach recipe that that I love. Brew the Bach. You know, record that day that we're brewing, record the uh, bottling process, and then come back and record the sampling. And then when we go, I need to get brewers to sample it. If you dig it, let's come up with interpretations. Have you thought of go. YouTube channels? I've thought of YouTube because, channels. like, that all sounds, like, very visual. It is very visual. I don't... I've been looking into what we need to do that. One of the things was is GoPros work for a lot of really cool things. Oh, my gosh, we're recording. Yeah, oh, I didn't. Oh, oh, hello. Oh, we I are recording. So 
This is this is one of the things I like to do on the podcast yeah. is just hit record and see where it goes. So, I did not know that we were recording. Yeah. The reason I haven't pulled the trigger. I to, he, is, he is with me. Yeah. So the reason I haven't pulled the trigger on the GoPro is because it doesn't have live streaming capabilities for Instagram. And that is the biggest reason. Although it's an extremely versatile, great camera. Yeah. Is there you, such a thing where you could live stream straight from a camera to From the, a GoPro, yeah. You could do that for Facebook and I want to say YouTube and possibly Vimeo with GoPro. But wow. you, there's no capabilities yet for Instagram, but it's not going to be far off because Facebook's owned by them. Um, so that would be the goal would be to be able to actually do it. But when uh, Sierra Nevada lets us come to their facility and fill our hot tub full of beer, I'm going to have the full camera crew with us. Well, and then on December 12th, we're going to be here with Liquid Lunch. And so, and they're, they're visual as well. So, Well, I think, I think, um, I think Chris is actually going to bring the stuff to make a whole live episode out of that one. I'm going to have to double down, but Chris Chris wants to be involved uh, on, oh, yeah. on helping us get that started. I'm down with that, dude. Also, I think we should really talk about this B-52 collab. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I'm open, then. I think I've already worn out my resources at 11 Below. I think they're already tired of me. <laughs> they had to deal with me all afternoon. And then, you know, you know how, like, I can get a little excitable sometimes? <laughs> Well, I guess I disappeared for a little bit yesterday, and they were all like, "Where did you go?" And I'm like, "What? Like, am I like am I that big of a presence of being like excitable in me that everybody notices the second I'm gone? They're all like, "Oh, well, this you is just, nice." Yeah, calm now. Yeah, but I will say <laughs> That's this: what it is, we did everybody write. Wiped their phone. Woo-hoo. Thank goodness. God for a little yeah. while. So when I came back, when I came back, they're all like, "Oh, dang it! I thought you were like good, like gone for the day." <laughs> no, but we did actually start writing the new little snack commercial. Uh, obviously, little snack won't be out for quite a while, but having some beers with the guys, we I started writing it, and it's going to be so much fun. Nice. Also, just to put it out there, Jeff and uh, Brandon may actually beat me up for this promo. Nice. I'm really big into practical effects. The more real, the better. And I can't. Hot Club UFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot Club UFC. I'm not good at makeup and stuff. Hot club so yeah, I'm going to need them to actually give me a black eye because I'm not good at makeup. I can't paint that on my face. So. <laughs> if only you knew anybody. <laughs> ever. If, Don't volunteer too gonna quick. Do, <laughs> if we're going to do anything on Instagram Live, it's going to be Jake getting a black eye from Jeff. Of 11 below. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? In Speedos. He is one of the <laughs> kindest people ever. He's so loving. I love going there because it's like, hey, babe. Hey, babe. Hey, like, like so loving. Such a good group. But to be beat up by Jeff would be an absolute honor. <laughs> an absolute honor. So, <laughs> we just poured uh, the last B-52 beer that uh, Ian and Kelly brought to share with us today in the hot tub. We have the smoothie tart. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a series, right? So this It is, is a series, So yeah. this is one of the additions of the series. We have a strawberry rhubarb crumble sour. So we have uh, barley, oats, and wheat. Then it's conditioned on strawberry rhubarb puree, brown sugar, baking spices, vanilla, sea salt, and lactose to make it taste like a pie. We have had a debate on the hot tub podcast about whether a crumble is a pie or a pie is a crumble and are they the same thing. Ian, care to comment? I don't. <laughs> a crumble is I not have, a pie. I have no opinion. I think I think technically actually they're probably not the same, but a pie can have a crumble on it. 
Well, that's the big thing, you is know? a pie has pie? two crusts. Oh. pie crust. Two crusts, though. Top and bottom, right? A crumble doesn't always no, have the bottom. always. Pumpkin pies, pies don't have a top crust. Well, pumpkin, pumpkin pie pies. is a sin. Pumpkin pie is pumpkin delicious. Pumpkin pie is wrong. I think, I think oh. most pie, I think... But all pie has a bottom crust. Pies don't have a top crust. But it has a bottom crust for sure. Why are you sure. trying to put pies in a box? Why are you trying to label pies? Mm. Pies fluid. Maybe trying to put a, a lot of cobbler does not have <laughs> crust in the yeah. bottom. So yeah, what is, what is the pie. what's the difference between a cobbler and a crumble? I think size of like the size of the fruit and size of the crumble pieces probably. Cobbler does have typically depending on the fruit whole fruit. Oh, okay. Top, correct. Like a laced. Cobbler? Yeah. If you're fancy, yeah. No. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I get Well, can. I guess I grew up fancy. Yeah, you did. Wow. wow. Yeah. I mean, we you are know what? your hot tub. <laughs> yeah. You're <Let's>, welcome. <laughs> let's get, like, an actual, like, confectionist, like, in here. Like, an actual baker. Like, somebody that really is, like, really Very done the research. Right behind baby cakes. So, we could Ooh. ask them. Yeah. Are they experts in, like, the division of pastries uh, when it comes they, to pie and pie-like stuff? They are the experts in cupcakes. stuffed cupcakes. <laughs> oh. Stuffed cupcakes. But she won bakers versus fakers, so she has to know something. Oh. She's got a big sign on the side of her so, side of her building. So she is yeah. not a faker. Well, she's no. just she's not she a faker. Is, I'm going to go out on a limb and say she's just as much expert in pies as we are in hot tubs. Okay, I'll take yeah, that. I yeah, thought you were going to say sure. beer, yeah. but yeah, in so hot tubs, can, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're we're not going to be questioned about our expertise in hot tubs. Yeah, and I'm not going to question our expertise in pie. Well, now this the nose on this it 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 is as advertised. There's there's a lot of that brown sugar on there. You you almost smell the crust on mm-hmm. the crumble on this one, which is I that's kind of cool. Like so we we have we've definitely had beers that have a great nose. The flavor is off, or not much of a nose. But man, I can drink the beer all day long. Like this one. It draws you in with the nose. It really does. So, how much lactose is in this? And is that a lot or a little? Because I don't even know what brew size um, you have. Yeah, I mean, what, do you want to know just like total or relative to like a certain volume? Both. Whatever, whatever comes straight to your head. I want to um, know. Let me see. Because I think this is the right level of lactose. You know what I mean? So I'm not a big um, lactose beer person, but it has a very specific use, and this is done well. So it's it's right around three pounds per barrel in the boil. Three pounds per barrel. And then there's some vanilla <laughs> on the back side also. Vanilla. Yeah. The- See, this is why we need a camera so I can... Yeah. <laughs> a barrel is, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a barrel and then, you know, two pounds of lactose. You got that at home? <laughs> yes, can you imagine my hands right now? <laughs> oh, well, whatever it is, it's the I right hear, amount. I think I hear listeners clicking off. <laughs> All right, I'm well, ten, 10 followers gone. A lot of subscriptions are just going to pull out now. It's okay. Well, that's the one thing we don't do, anyways, is pull out. We, Tim's batting three for three, he's batting a thousand. <laughs> I am. Well, when you find what you're good at, yeah, 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 yeah. you just stick with it. <laughs> yeah. So, shout out to Mandy for putting up with that. <laughs> she, she's insane. She but really she, is. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's a that's a good beer. And so, the lactose in there, the the vanilla in there, kind of, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
the sugar and the lactose seems to me is bringing out the vanilla. It's highlighting the vanilla. It's bringing the vanilla forward uh, to me, to where it is really tasting like I've got a beer that's modeled after a mouthful of this strawberry rhubarb crumble. Okay, so strawberry, I get. Rhubarb, tell me what's the, and, and maybe I'm just not, it, it's possible that I'm not familiar at all with this combination, but why rhubarb coupled with the strawberry? What flavors is that bringing in? Um, I mean, it was really just an emulation of, of like a strawberry rhubarb crumble or pie, like like a lot Find of us have wild. for like, okay. yeah. <laughs> a lot of us have for, you know, like Christmas or Thanksgiving meals or whatever. So um, the trick with rhubarb was that, you know, rhubarb's flavor changes dramatically when it's cooked. Okay. And ours is obviously not cooked. Uh, so you end up just with a lot more, uh, a lot more of the tartness. So rhubarb will start off tart, fresh, and then it cooks sweet. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, we just end up with more tartness from the rhubarb. Uh, so the the lactose and the vanilla kind of help to tie that tart uh, and sweet of the strawberry and the rhubarb together into more like a cohesive fruit flavor. Okay. Okay. I like that. This is this is a nice just kind of fantastic. It is. It, it's it's an evening sipper. It's a it's a sit with dessert sipper. This is breakfast. Yeah. It, it is, this it's is a, breakfast. It's <laughs> you wake really up to work. Yeah, a piece yeah. of toast, some eggs. Because <laughs> I'll get there at nine a.m. and then I'm like, oh, you know, I'm gonna go have a strawberry rhubarb. It's fine. <laughs> and then I like look. Especially because of the time change, I'm like, oh yeah, it's probably like 2 p.m. and it's like 10 a.m. and I'm like, oh, okay, well it's yeah, close too, enough. It's mm -hmm. too late now. It's I already okay. poured it, but like, it's legal in Texas. Breakfast. Yeah, we're good to go. <laughs> I always have food. Oh, and that's the yeah, stipulation, that's, that's right? The stipulation. I drink beer instead, so yeah, kind of point. Too often. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the monks did it. Obviously, it's godly. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so this this beer. To me, I, I, I want to piggyback off what Jake said about the right amount of lactose because we, we are always gun shy on the podcast about lactose in sours, lactose in stouts, this lactose being used as adjunct period. And, and, it, and it, we've seen it done well. We've seen it done to where it's just a mouthfeel of a chewy milkshake. Um, this one, it you could tell there's some creaminess there uh, that it hits, but... I think it's it's super appropriate for what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. If that makes any sense, mm -hmm. right? Like if I'm just doing a straight fruited sour and I've got a lot of lactose in it and it tastes like this, to me it might turn it off. But that the smell of the crumble, the smell of the pie, plus like the description, what we talked earlier about marketing and how you're selling it, like all those pieces of the puzzle put together, they, they make a great picture on this beer. I really, I really, really enjoy it, man. Yes. I'm going to agree with that one. Um, right on. One of the fun parts about lactose is, um, to break it down, it's sugar. It is sugar mm -hmm. derived from milk. Um, but the biggest thing is it adds mouthfeel without adding as much sweetness as you would, say, uh, like a classic Belgian sugar, which is going to be beet sugar, or like an American like granulated sugar. Or you know, There's so many different types of sugar, but the lactose adds the mouthfeel. And for this very specific beer itself it's a fantastic mouthfeel but it lets the fruit stand on its own it it right. highlights it rather than trumps it. it 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 brings it out it gives it a platform you know i'm i love nitro sours i don't know if y'all have really 
dabbled in nitro sours. Oh, no. We but, haven't really done anything nitro. Nitro is just a whole nother ball game. Oh, of course, yeah. of course. And so much can go Three. wrong so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you do nitro sours, a lot of the times I ask the brewer, if, I mean, if they're making it special for us to nitrogenate it, they'll take the same beer, but they'll they'll pull it off and they'll nitrogenate one side. I always ask uh, if if they can add a little bit of vanilla or something because when you do the nitro uh, when you nitrogenate it and you start drinking, you have that same creamy mouthfeel, but there's not really a leg to stand on. The fruit mm-hmm. kind of falls flat, but you add a touch of vanilla or a touch of lactose to this. It really gives that platform to show off. It's that pedestal that we put it up on. It's like everything we look for. And obviously, if the pedestal's too high, it's like we're just kind of like overwhelmed. But this is just on the nose. It is. Yeah. Very nice, man. I'm gonna go ahead and jump out, and I'll, I'll start. Let's do it. it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three point seven eight two five on this one. I, I, I think this was, and I like the fact that you mentioned it. I, I started talking about dessert, and that's where my head went, right? Um, but you mentioned breakfast. I think this is a this is a beginning or end of the day beer uh, to me. This is something that pairs really well with food, and I think if there's one thing that we like, you know, just as much if not more than beer on the podcast, it's good food yeah um, and so when we find something that like immediately you start thinking all right i'm gonna pair this with dessert i'm gonna pair this with brunch dude it it, it kind of it hits home so yeah thanks man thanks for bringing this one. yeah Got it. absolutely uh yeah i'm gonna follow tim that way we can leave ian last to judge himself which is my favorite part um i think out of all these i'm probably gonna go a little bit more in depth um Right out of the gate, I would have said 3.75. I think the more I drink it, the higher that rating goes. Um, I'm just going to go straight for a 3.9. Let's skip all the extra hundreds, thousands, millionths, whatever. Uh, I'm going to go 3.9. It's super approachable. This is something that I would give to almost everybody. You know we have those drinkers. I don't like stouts. I don't like IPAs. This one, I, I think, like I don't, li- I don't like beer. I don't like beer a lot, and that is exactly the one that like, exactly. I'm not behind the bar often anymore, but if I hear that, I'm like, okay. This is what exactly. you got to do. I had friends I was hanging out with last night that I wish I could share with today because they're not from the area, but it's 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 beautiful. The head retention on it is out of this world. I mean, the bubbles are so evenly distributed. Um, I mean, it's just, it's gorgeous. Uh, it stands up on its own. I don't think there's a time of day that is inappropriate to drink this. Um, overall, I'm super stoked that I got to try this today. Can I ask Thank you. what kept it from being a four? You seem very enthusiastic, so I'm curious. Um, there is, there's, there's a few things. Um, I think mainly there might be some preference involved in that. I would like to see a little bit more acidity out of this. I'd like to see a little more funk out of it for my personal views. I'd really like to get some like mixed cultures in there and just kind of like, hey, let's see what this can really do. Um, overall, I think it's fantastically done. But what can it do? Which is not usually what we say when we taste a good beer like this. But this one, I feel like there's so much more room to what could be done. So 3.9 because that that point one. Maybe we'll think about it's that one future. day and be like, <laughs> hey, future. I'm going to straight up like cool ship this in a shed in the middle of the winter and we're going to see what the hell happens, you know? Yep. Let, let's revisit that in a few years, maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Remember this day. 3.9. <laughs> well, that was, that was, we, we 11, did that 14, with, uh, we <laughs> which was kind of cool, right? When we went back and had the, the four-year-old Blondine yep. and then the current Blondine. 
and tried them against each other, that was a really neat experiment, right? That might be mm -hmm. kind of fun with some of these sours that you're doing. Just kind of squirrel some away and yeah. let them age and let them sit. And then, all right, let's see how they grew and how they evolved over the year. Man, because I wish I had the patience sours for that. are <laughs> sours are, are crazy. Mm -hmm. It's with, so with in depth. Being, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kelly, what you think? You said this is easy. So. Oh, that one's that one's my favorite. Yeah, like, just, so is it, yeah. That's like the only beer. I yeah, drink you were right so now. excited about it. You were singing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> strawberry. Yeah, like, like, you know when uh, you know you see all those like TikToks and videos and everything where like the girls just like dancing while she eats. Uh, those aren't like, the TikToks that I watch. Yeah, I mean they just show yeah. up on. Nobody your page sends sometimes. those to you. No, no, no. no. Oh, I watch. Man. I watch well, tools and stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> girls in bikinis and. Nobody said anything about bikinis. Nobody said anything about all of them. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Forty. She's eating. <laughs> with a messy bun at a restaurant just enjoying herself but that's just how I feel about this beer it's just <laughs> yeah, a messy bun, bun in a restaurant yeah. oh. chips and queso <laughs> like this cinnamon roll has too much frosting on it I get you I'm picking up what you're putting down <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> word of the wise if you're going to come on the podcast you got to have a sense of humor yeah recover from um, that one yeah, <laughs> There's there's no topic untouched, uh, but that's what I love about this. Like nobody's safe, and it, yep. all of it is hilarious. So Ian, tell us, you're the brewer. Is this a 4.0? Is this exactly what you wanted, or is there room to grow here? I think, I think this is a three and fifteen sixteenths for me. I'll let you guys figure out that 15 decimal. You guys figure good. you guys do the math on that decimal. Okay. Okay, I will. It's, Thank it's you. Either uh, go ahead. Or <laughs> he's, he's got the Google out. We're gonna get this done. <laughs> How does that work? It's fifteen divided by sixteen. Um, oh, I think I you, oh. the only improvements I could really make to this is figuring out, and I don't know how to do this. Um, so I was right. It'd be Three, figuring nine? out that difference between the strawberry and the rhubarb. Okay. Um, because the rhubarb usually gets cooked and changes flavor, like I mentioned, like I don't, I haven't figured out how to really emulate that into a beer yet. Okay. So if I could figure that out. It would be a four. Uh, the crumble aspect, I've, I've got that down. Yeah, you know, I think this so. This is not yeah, the first you. crumble uh, that I've done. Uh, so this is like fourth, fourth or fifth okay. or something. Yeah, the um, cranberry. Or... So that's pretty much gotten dialed in already. So yeah, just if if and I think rhubarb being available in a puree for brewers is pretty new, anyways. Okay. Um, this is kind of a shot in the dark. Well, what? like on the on the rhubarb side, anyways. And it turned out really good. It did, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Way to hit the target in the dark, man. Yeah, so and congratulations. I'm, to be honest, I'm not even sure if I've ever had a strawberry rhubarb pie or crumble or. Well, no, that's where I They're delicious. Like, I've, yeah. I've never had that. I don't think I've in, had one either. In real life, yeah. So it's is... also hard to try to make something taste like something you've never tasted. It tastes like this beer. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> old baby cakes next to y'all that needs to make a strawberry rhubarb pie so when we i don't know if you guys tried the tiramisu imperial stout we did a I while did back oh, uh, so we actually did ask okay. them I we asked them was like hey do you guys would y'all be interested in making the lady fingers <coughs> so for that one uh we did similarly to the dracula porter but we actually did put the lady finger biscuits oh, that, that are used for tiramisu into the mash for that one 
So we asked them if they'd be interested in making some for us, and they I don't think they understood exactly what we were asking because basically the answer we got was, uh, we don't do that. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. I mean... It's the curse of trying to do everything through email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, they're... Yeah, that's a that's an avenue that needs to be explored a little bit more in depth for sure before it's just ruled out. But Absolutely. it's not out not outside of the realm of possibility. That's for sure. Well, I want to say I want to say thank you to both of you for for taking the time and coming and hang out in the hot tub with us. No problem. And not Laney uh, and, and bringing and bringing three <laughs> amazing beers for us to try. Thank you for uh, lending your rate. hot tub. Oh. Big, big fan. Absolutely, <laughs> big fan. Well, we're not playing footsies the whole time because you're not done yet. So we're mm. not letting you out because we've got some uh, beers, some pre-Ian beers. I think these are pre-Ian beers. They're definitely. That we're going to throw out here. We'll see. We're, we're going we'll to see. see. We're going to pull them out. I'm so pretty sure stay one tuned. is not. One is not? One is not, yeah. Stay tuned for the bonus. Bonus. To the, oh, to Welcome these back. So, yeah. So we got two beers for you. Okay. So these beers were found in the deep, dark recesses of the Thistle Draft Shop walk-in cooler. Okay? So we have the West Coast IPA, Waimea, Cascade Citra, Waimea Hops, 8.6% alcohol per volume. I don't see a date on there. Uh, that was before the, These cans were before we had the ability to date code. Ah, yeah. okay. So if you're, if you're guessing... How old this is? How old is it? Oh, uh, they're both of them are around a year old. Both of them are Give around a year take. old. Okay, yeah. so what he's referring both to? Both of them, are uh-huh. right? Yeah. Yeah. The the other one is B fifty two tetrahedron Timaeus. Yeah. So Timaeus was supposed to start off as a super high gravity um, imperial stout series. The name comes from one of Plato's writings. I believe. Okay, so it's um, inspired by Plato's dialogue, Timaeus in particular, the element of fire. Boozy, full flavor, perfectly balanced, with a hint of heat on the finish. So we're referring to habanero cinnamon, that are and cinnamon that is in there. Yeah, for, for the fire. Yeah, so the yeah. there was supposed to be, I think throughout the Timaeus dialogue, Plato kind of goes through like a personification of five elements, and it's like earth, Fire, water, air, and spirit. Okay. And so this one was fire. We did one called Cube that was um, hazelnut coffee. And that one was earth. And then water, air, and spirit haven't happened. I don't know if it's fair to say that it won't happen, but... um, I don't know how to make a beer that tastes like a personification of spirit or water. <laughs> I can make help you with that. Like I would. <laughs> I would say that uh, that's going to be completely perceptual, mm-hmm. right? You could make it up and say it tastes like spirit. Yeah, you know, I just got to make up some metaphor or whatever to say, yeah, this is why it tastes. This is why this is air. Well, you know what? We, it's infused with lightning or something. <laughs> oh, that'd be great on a can. You talk about marketing. What if you did like a Air, well, never mind. Oh, Airheads? We'll talk about it later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hot tub just, secrets. We'll talk about it later. It's proprietary. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and by air, really what they're going to do is smoke a bunch of opium and blow it into the beer. Ooh. Made with love. 
Trendsetters. He's going to use poppy seeds. <laughs> a lot of them. Hashtag, this is not technically <laughs> illegal. <laughs> yeah, don't drink this if you have to take a drug test soon. Yeah. Just uh, heads up. So this beer. This should the beer name be uh, um, just hashtag 421? <laughs> the day after the National Drug Testing Day? <laughs> you, uh... I was going to say, you, you said you were an assistant brewer here? So, when this was- I had just come to B-52 as a brewer, so uh, official title was just brewer, but technically, yeah, would have been an assistant brewer at the, okay. at the end of the day. Um, so, I didn't really have a hand in, like, recipe formulation or anything like that for either of these beers, but I was more just around for, like, hand, being handed a brew sheet and said, hey, make this. And so, then made it. So I'm, I may have brewed one or both of these. I don't exactly remember. But. So the, the guy that, that created the recipe created these beers. He's still around? He's still in the Houston area? Still? Um, he is not around. Uh, last I heard, and I think it's still the case, he's brewing the Austin area now. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So when if this is labeled as the West Coast, when I'm looking at it, it looks completely different than your West Coast. Mm-hmm. Also, it's one year old. It is, yeah. So there's going to be a lot of West Coastiness that's no longer West Coasty. Yeah, you're going to get. I haven't a lot even tried of, it yet. So Tim, you're going to get a lot of that hops being missing where you wish they weren't. Because I'm getting that too. <laughs> um, so w- was there any like vanilla or anything yeah. added to this? Not to my knowledge. Because there's definitely a lot of the nose. It. it I think that's like a product a, of age. Yeah, that's kind of what I was assuming. It, it tastes like a multi, multi like. Bud Light. It didn't taste mm-hmm. like this when it first came out. This is, I believe you. Yeah. I this believe is you. This is exactly just completely for fun. In no way a reflection of B-52 Brewing as it is now. This was just... <laughs> this was just... No, I, I just, found this cooler, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be fun to give to you. Yeah, no, cool. I, I mean, I'm it's very glad that you it's did, because, you know, this is just for science. It you is, know? For, and I, drinking I mean, beer yes. for science is some of the best beer to drink. It's best science, too. And science well. to do, yeah. It is kind of cool about, I think, so... It would have been interesting to see, like, does it have that caramel color that a West Coast had at the very beginning? Does it have that piney profile that West Coast has at the very beginning? Because now, the hot profile on this, on the nose, super subdued. Mm-hmm. Malt has become very forward on this thing. There is a hot profile, but it is almost like a lagerish type of a hot profile on it. This is almost... Exactly what I expected this beer to be okay. at this point in time. But you know what? It's it's not nearly as sweet as I was expecting it to be. Because a lot of these West Coast uh, IPAs, when they when they die, there's a big sweet undertone. Mm-hmm. I was expecting a lot more sweetness out of this. I think a lot of time in that situation, there's just hops hiding that sweetness initially. Yeah. Uh, which I mean, it's easy to say hiding that sweetness now, Sorry. but it, at the at the time, it's balance. Yeah. You know. Uh, so that it's very, it's done very intentionally, but this is case in point for why you don't age IPAs, why you don't sit on IPAs, why breweries and brewers always say, drink fresh, keep cold, okay. you know, days. because this is what will happen 100% of the time to a year old IPA. Okay, so let me ask you this thing, because I've heard stories of people aging dogfish head, the, uh, the 120, 120 so the, that's different, the so, 90 minutes, so tell me what the difference I'm going to be the first person to tell you that a triple West Coast IPA is not a thing, yep. just like Jake says, I agree with you. Porter's are not a thing, Okay. a triple West Coast IPA is a barley wine, Yep. and a barley wine is a hoppier, a hoppier beer 
that is designed to age very well. It okay. is, it's already built with that maltier backbone. Um, it's built with that higher ABV content that'll help other flavors stabilize and hold up better over time. Uh, Dogfish 120 is a barley wine but all day long. Also, it's not an IPA. Also, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> I like that. So that's a that's an interesting concept, right? But also, 120 minute the the hop edition is what makes it unique. Is it's every minute they add more hops, which right. you get the entire range of what a hop could do from just the oils in the very beginning right. to the esters at the end. I don't right. think esters is the right word, but you get a lot more nose from the end than you would the beginning. You know. And that's an interesting concept too, right? Because we we talked about right. If you if you're putting it in at the end of the boil, this is more for aroma as, mm-hmm. as opposed to flavor. At the beginning, it's more for bitterness. If we're doing it along that schedule, so that that kind of brings me to another question, right? And, that, and I don't know if we want to go Uh-oh. down the rabbit hole or not. What are we questioning? But, but okay, so the original IPAs that were aged on the India spice trade to go all the way to India and be fresh and come back. Were they IPAs or were they barley wines? So they probably started off as something more like an English mild or a, or something along those lines. They weren't intended to be an IPA at all. Right. The dry hopping started happening out of necessity so that those voyages, the yes. beer would last on those voyages. So at the end of the day, it's, I mean, if you had to stylistically categorize something from back in that time, you dry hopped brown ale or an English mild or a bitter or something like that. Um, nobody was even considering calling them IPAs right. at the time. Well, actually, I, I want to dive into this one a little bit, mainly because I get told all the freaking time. People decide to interrupt you when you're bartending going, but do you know where the IPA came from? Right. So there's a lot of misconceptions. Is Hops were already being added at the time. Right. That was right. already being added because they added a lot of different stuff. Groot being the most popular with dandelions and all this other extra stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it's an antimicrobial, right? So it, it has these properties to stabilize it and keep it from uh, essentially being bad for you, right? So it actually it balances the beer itself. Now, the big misconception that we said, they added a bunch of hops to make it the long journey. Don't get me wrong. They added hops to, to you know, help stabilize stabilized but that wasn't why it became popular so at the time porters were the big thing and so this is england sending these boats all the way down the india trade route and so they all they were getting porter and at the time they hadn't really evolved their their malting techniques so porters i mean they were like basically burning these malt we're we're instead of converting starches into sugars uh when you brewed you're essentially you know converting a little bit of starch and a little bit like a lot of bit of char so they were actually only coming out three four percent a lot of body so a lot of them were a lot of funky but so there was there was a specific guy i don't remember his name but he starts sending poncho poncho yes yeah. this english guy that was sending it down the yeah. anyways he had a lot of ties in there so he's poncho sending Smith. he's sending this yeah. beer down the route that is is not a porter it's not a porter at all. It, 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 it's going to be more like a mild or more of a malty backbone, but not quite like a porter. It, it is going to be right. still a pale ale in consideration. And so he's sending it down. The guy ends up actually making a name for himself because everybody's so sick of porters at this time that here's this different beer. It wasn't that we added hops to make it last. It said, here's this different beer. And he actually named the beer itself the India Pale Ale, not the style this one right, right, gentleman right, right. had so many connections of him dropping the beer off that this was a luxury item because this is not the same thing we drink every single day. Right. So it ended up being an actual brand name. Think nowhere but Texas. We don't we don't just call it you know. Uh, a, well, the whole style isn't called nowhere but Texas. Correct. 
But it, it evolved into that because people were like, oh, well, what is the style? It's like this. And it eventually evolved until this is an India Pale Ale. Uh, but it was not overly hopped to make the trip. It was just way different than the shitty, funky 3.5% porter that they've been getting for their whole life. And it was mainly for a lot of um, uh, of the military as well that got it, which obviously work hard, play hard or something. I don't know. Or something. Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> so, yes, originally it was just a pale ale, but this guy brand named it the India Pale Ale, and you only got it from this brewery, and it evolved over hundreds of years into yeah. being a style, which is kind of badass. But also it sucks that the history gets a little twisted. I was like, well, he has no recognition for that. History is <laughs> yeah. one of those things, right? It's, it's told from the eye of the beholder. So you could have five stories about the same thing from five different perspectives. The truth is in there somewhere. Yeah. Right? And so that, that's what's kind of neat about it. And I, and I love when we start dipping into these stories, right? Because that might be the tenth different story we've heard about the evolution of the IPA. There's a piece of the truth in there. Is it the whole truth? Uh, probably not. Yeah. Is there somebody else that has another piece of truth? Yeah. Do they have the whole truth? Uh, probably not. Here on Hot Tub Beers, we're going to combine all of them and develop the whole truth. Yeah, we're going to make it up. We're yeah. in. Yeah. But what, no, we're just going to synthesize. That's truth. what I said. We're not going to make it up. Yeah, we are. We're going to take this. We're going to take that. We're going to combine it together. That's, that's synthesis. It's called collaboration. It's called women, a woman's place is in the brew house. I'm sorry. What? I'm reading a book right now. It's called Please a tell me place more. In the brew house, and yeah. it's basically just a. Um, a chronological history of how women actually started the brewing industry and how everything really yeah. sort of because it was like just kind of lumped in with home ec it was stuff the, yeah, it was like, into cooking at that yeah, time so I'm not super far into do the a, book but I will absolutely follow up and let yes, you know how it goes. send it to me very, yeah yeah I would love audible. I would love to to actually like dive into this maybe it's, book club hot tub cool. book club yeah because could do that. Yeah, because originally it was women and we've talked about this a hundred times mm-hmm. over but like Nordic priestesses here we go Nordic yes. priestesses it was actually based off on how well these women brewed and like it's phenomenal that when industrialization happened and beer started being made men were like no there's money we to be made this. yeah this is all us and you're like hold up hold up minute, glory stealing over here yeah so before we before we move on to the next one i want to ask you one one question Ian. so if this was your beer your recipe that you brewed and it held up like this is that the way you wanted it to hold up or you know or, um, or would you would you are you expecting a different profile a year later i think overall yes because there wasn't any glaring issues. Like, there wasn't really any oxidation noticeably. Um, it didn't sour or anything like that. So, um, it was the, or both of those are indicators. <laughs> it was packaged properly yeah. <laughs> and it's been stored properly for however long it's been in cans now. So, um, if, if you give it to me, it goes in the cooler and it stays in the cooler. Yeah. So, no, that's, that's actually, that's exactly what that beer should be. At this, as, as considering the age of the beer. Nice. So we're we're going in like really a completely different direction here. Uh, Look at the head on that. So tight, so yeah. consistent, just like this gorgeous. Is... It's so thick, which is not something I normally say unless I'm talking about Tim. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever seen a brown man blush on a podcast? I have. Um, I'm seeing it quite uh, a few almond. times. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we have almonds. Habanero, cinnamon, umami, and lactose in this beer. Named for its high starting gravity, this was Imperial Style was inspired by Plato's dialogue, Timaeus, and we talked about a little bit about that earlier, right? So this was about this was supposed to represent the element of fire. So 
we're switching styles here, but this style typically holds up better longer, correct? Correct. Uh, as opposed to an IPA, a stout is going to hold up better longer, especially an imperial stout at 13% alcohol. So, oh boy, I didn't know we were on 13. Yeah. It has been a long day. This is not the first know, time this has come up. I don't know because I like, I want to drink some more beer after this. I don't want to go luck. to sleep. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Uh, so I can't stop with the, the head on this. The nose is the nose is very subdued to me. It has mm-hmm. it it's, originally it used to smell a lot spicier. It was definitely more habanero up front. Okay. Or on the nose. But like Which may actually this may be we might find that this is one of those that uh sometimes beers just need a little bit of time in package to kind of meld together and just become more cohesive. Uh so you're thinking this one is about a year old? Give or take, yeah. Maybe okay. a little bit older. Maybe closer to like uh, 14, 16 months. Because you know when I originally pulled these out of the coolers in June? When we went down to go to beef, uh, not beef, to, to uh, New Braunfels. You pulled it out of the cooler that day? I pulled it out of the cooler before This is we Tim went. the Thief. I am, yes. <laughs> 7.30 in the morning. Can I take this? I'm like, sure, because I hadn't woken up yet. Because <laughs> well, he wanted stuff totally that fed. had been uh, canceled. Correct. Yes, okay. I remember that. And, so, and then he also wanted, or we wanted, to introduce him to other sours in the Houston area. Yep. And there was B-52 sour. There was a couple sours in there, and I haven't brought them out. Um, we could be here all day long. Um, but... So I figured, oh, these two are attached to the same case as the old B2 sours. Let's go. So they're yeah. sitting there. So the capsaicin, you kept saying habanero. Up front, I didn't get any. I'm like, maybe maybe some of that died off, which I've only experienced once. It was the weirdest thing. We had a Serrano hot sauce that was so spicy, and then one week later, all of the spice fell out of it. I still don't understand what happened, why it happened. Hmm. But with this one, when I tasted it up front, I'm like, maybe some of that capsaicin kind of died off. But it's such a slow burn. Like, it really comes. I mean, you're talking, it develops over like 30 seconds to a minute and a half is which where I it think starts is coming exactly in. exactly what it should do it's yeah it's definitely back of the tongue burn it was back of the tongue and throat burn in my opinion a little bit too spicy before like when we when we when we had it in the tap room this one was really hard to push um draft just because like do y'all remember the do y'all remember what it tastes like fresh Mm -hmm. yes i remember brewing this i think really yeah so compared to what it tastes like fresh to now i like it it much better it was way more spicy The I think the head has way more umami character than the than the beer had period to begin with. Um, this one needed to be aged, I think. Like this yeah. one needed to be like left alone to chill because we had to as as bar staff we had to work really hard to try to sell this one to people because they would see the habanero and they would see umami and like a lot of people didn't even know necessarily like what umami would be let alone what it would be in a beer. So I, I try I I push to not do the umami thing. I thought it was not a good adi- addition to the beer. So but what do you think now? It was kind of cool to use cuz we would tell I still wish it kind of wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is it is definitely interesting. This is the most complex beer that we've had on this episode today. I don't know that this is something that I'd go back to very often. I appreciate the flavor profiles on it. I, I, I'm glad we tried it. Glad we tasted it. But I don't know. I've talked about this before. Cinnamon in a beer, to me, has not always gone well. 
this is one where it goes wrong. Really? To me. I wonder I wonder how much of that is the habanero. That's a good question actually. because those I could see those two playing mm-hmm. off each other. Yeah. Because I, I, habanero is another one. So I I did a homebrew of habanero lager one time. It came out way too spicy, mm-hmm. but the flavor was fucking phenomenal. Um, I couldn't drink but a half a bottle of it just because it was too spicy, so that's where I fucked up. But the flavor was great. Um, but then the I've had the Undead Hit Id. I couldn't get into it. It's not my jam, but people love it. I couldn't get into it. It's a very niche market. It is know. a very niche market. It is a very niche market. Yeah. So, okay, so at this time, was B-52 big enough to be able to cater to that niche market? Or was this just something off the wall that that he wanted to try? I think we could cater to it at the time pretty well. Uh, at that time, we were already pretty well established. I think the early years of B-52, they did a pretty good job of developing a reputation for variety and just doing the weird off-the-wall stuff that at the time not very many other people were doing, uh, which made it really easy when I stepped in and started taking over because the the creative freedom is almost limitless at that point, you know. Um, it, it We did decide to do this in a little bit smaller batch than we would normally do some of the other things that we experiment in, um, but sp- spiced beers, pepper beers, they're always going to be a little bit harder to move yeah. uh, than just like a fruited sour or a hazy IPA or even just like a Pilsner. Or yeah. something, you know. It's uh, not very many people want it, except for the people that already know they want it. Yes. You know what I mean? It's yeah, hard to yeah, get new. Sense. It's hard to get new beer drink, new people into. They're looking for spicy pepper beer. beers yes. and pepper beers and stuff like that. Well, man, I just want to say thank y'all for coming out. Thank you for everything that you brought, and thank you for being being willing to try year old B fifty two beers. Uh, Uh, This is something that I kind of wish I still had in my cellar for science. Really? Yeah. Well, sorry, we drank it. (laughs) That's exactly what it's for. You know, like, why why fill a cellar if you don't pull things out and start drinking them? Oh, you need to see my cellar then. Oh, I've I've started working on diminishing my cellar because I kind of personally at that point where I'm like, ah, whatever, I'm over it. Um, I'm probably around 350 bottles, and I don't even drink at home anymore. That's so not very surprising. I used to be like up adding like... Adding to the collection, but not... Not taking to not the collection. Taking. Well, it's hard. Like, you start digging through your cellar, and you're like, ah, do I want to drink that yet? I know. No, I kind of don't. I have I, one single bottle. Like, drink by yourself or something, yep. and you're like, ah, oh, shit, I didn't buy beer, but I got a cellar. Mm-hmm. But so many of those bottles need mouths to share. <laughs> and like, Yes. I got one single bottle of Russian River Valley's Consecration from 2015. It's a one little uh, 375. And I am just sitting there. It's like, I don't know what day it's going to happen. But that day. Uh, what You said 15? 15. I think 15. Damn. It may be earlier. I don't know. I'm bad at dates, apparently. A good bottle. It will be. And like, who gets to try it? Most likely, I'm I'm gonna have a day where I'm gonna drink it by myself. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be honest. That's one of those yeah. things that, like, if you're about to pull it out, but you know that the people you're with won't appreciate it, you don't pull it. You out. put it back. It has yeah. not been pulled out. And even mm-hmm. even when I have people at my house that I know will appreciate it, I'm like, I don't know if I want to share it because there's not that much. Yep. If I had like a six pack 
or a four pack or, or even, even two or, bottles. Or even a 750. Well, yeah, that's, you a, know? that's a great motto for life that we can end on right there. If, if the people around you are not going to appreciate you when you pull it out, fuck them. Don't worry about pulling it out. Just <laughs> yeah. keep it away. Just don't share it. Yeah, yeah. don't share it <laughs> unless everybody's going to appreciate what you're going to pull out on them. So I think again. I think we just described consent. Huh? <laughs> I think we just described <laughs> consent. consent. We defined it. If they don't consent. appreciate it, yeah. don't pull it out. Yeah, yeah. okay. You know what? That should be the tagline. If, you, if they don't appreciate it, don't pull it out. Yeah, consent right I mean, there. Yeah. That's a new like, slogan or something. Uh, yeah. Hot tub beer podcast. Next, that's if they next, don't appreciate uh, it, next don't slogan pull it out. The sunglasses, which you need to get you off your sunglasses <laughs> oh, before yeah. you go. Wait, wait, wait. But, oh, we just described consent or we appreciate consent? <laughs> Or don't yes. pull, or don't, don't pull know. it out if they won't appreciate it. You got two, you got two sides. Don't pull it out if they don't appreciate it. That's, that's going to be the one. So if you if you enjoy what you're listening to, if you've made it this far, hopefully you do. Uh, please make sure that you're uh, subscribing to the Instagram page. That you're following us on any of the podcast uh, catchers that you subscribe to. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to keep the hot tub warm, click the link in the bio. There is a link that will send you to a spot that where you can become a listener supporter. Listener supporter buys you a spot in the hot tub at any point that you would like. Uh, so please, please, please like, subscribe, follow, donate to the hot tub. And until next time, everybody, enjoy your hot tub beers. Cheers.